Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by loser of the mustache bat, Mike Taglier. You can find us on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at MikeTaglierNFL. Right off the bat, just wanted to say thank you to CBS Sports HQ for supporting the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams 24-7 and brings you top-tier sports and fantasy coverage. To watch anytime from anywhere, download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. So, Tags, I don't know what the best part of the weekend was, like Gardner Minshew leading the Jags back or me beating you in uh, the contest once again, uh, or all the people who tweeted me and said, hey, I tried gooey butter cake and it was as good as you said. I think that was my favorite part. That was pretty cool because now there's a lot of people who are willing to try butter on pizza. Oh, oh, dude. I mean, I, I will say this. I had Tabby, my wife, uh, she made that gooey buttery cake this weekend and I do want to tell you it was phenomenal. However, I also feel like I'm about 10 pounds heavier. I only <laughs> ate like, I ate like two pieces of it, but as I was eating it, I kid you not that I legitimately felt like I was being weighed down in my seat and I still feel that way today. It's incredible, man. By the way, do you know where I can get like a custom trophy made? I want one for my world record. Maybe like a really strong guy for that one. And I want another one for destroying in this contest. Just like a big old mustache. <sighs> you beat me by like, what was it, one point? It doesn't matter, dude. A win is a win. It's the Dolphins defense that got me zero. And, uh, you know, our, our guest today is going to hear about this contest, uh, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. And our guest today is Joe Dolan. He was the number one most accurate expert in pre-draft rankings from 2015 to 2018, which is just incredible. And now he's co-host of the Fantasy Feast podcast with Ross Tucker. Joe is on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, how's it going? I'm doing well, boys. Uh, good to hear from you guys. So wait, wait, what's this, butter on pizza? Yeah, you've never heard of it, dude? Oh, Bob, this is Bobby's thing. It's a thing. It's it's a thing. So wait, so wait a minute. When, when do you put the butter on the pizza? Whenever. Before. After. Both. Doesn't <laughs> matter. It's, it's, all, it's all going in your stomach, and it tastes like butter. So... I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So you, you put butter on pizza. Okay. Look, I love pizza and I love cheese. Like cheese is, cheese is ultimately my favorite food. I'll put it on literally anything, um, anything within reason. But when cheese melts, it becomes kind of gooey and greasy and you just add more dairy fat to that. Yes, you do. Yes, absolutely. That is the answer. No, you don't want to do that, Joe, but I'm just like, Joe, the thing is you have tried butter on pizza and you've loved it. You just didn't realize your favorite pizza places put butter on the, on the crust before they, they uh, put it in the oven or you're like dipping it in the garlic butter from Papa John's. I mean, do you like cheesy breadsticks? It's they put butter on the, on the crust. Everybody likes this. Tags just thinks it sounds weird. The crust I get. I get that. Yeah, I get the crust too. All right, so we're going to get to the waiver wire in just a second, but I did want to tell you, Joe, and everyone listening about the bet that Tags lost. So Tags, why don't you tell them uh, the parameters of the bet and what you have to do on tomorrow's live stream? Yeah, so Bobby and I had a beat the experts competition on FanDuel this week, and uh, yeah, we both had to use Gardner Minshew. I had to use the Dolphins defense for whatever reason, and Bobby had to use Jeff Swaim. Uh, Jeff Swaim got him like 3.4 points, and that happened to be the difference in winning and losing. So I will be on our YouTube channel tomorrow. Uh, it's youtube.com forward slash fantasy pros doing my best Gardner Minshew 
impersonation. And I, I will say this. I was growing out my beard last week because I, I, at a risk that I lost, I have to. You figured you were going to lose to me is really what it came down to because you always lose. I got to the point where it's like that in-between stage and I really wanted to shave it off. It's either you have to shave it off or you grow it out, right? And I always buzz it down. I always have like, you know, do it to like a one or a two. And uh, so I did it last night, but I kept the mustache in place. My wife looked at me and she's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> did you did you at least save the sideburns? Because I know you used to be a sideburns guy. I've been wanting to see. It. Well, I can't do the sideburns because I have uh, like my beard goes into that. I could I could always like make it. You'll you'll see. Basically, come to the live stream. You're going to see me do like the best Gardner <laughs> Minshew like uh, impersonation I possibly can, minus the winning. I believe I have the facial hair to pull it off. So uh, yeah, you guys will see. It, it'll be a good time. This does not include a jock strap, right? Uh, no, I'm not showing up in just a jockstrap. That's not happening. I will not. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure of that because uh, because if you wanted to do the best impersonation you could, that would have to be part of it. But but uh, I mean, I'm not stretching for the live stream though. So uh, okay. Yeah, that part's gonna be left out. <laughs> hey, I just want to let you guys know since we're doing the waiver wire show, there's a really cool tool that you guys can use. It's our Chrome extension. It's gonna give you all the top available players from your league. So you can be looking through your league's waiver wire, and it's going to give you the Fantasy Pros consensus recommendations and advice from all your favorite experts. Again, that's the Fantasy Pros Chrome extension. You guys are going to love it. All right, guys. So we do need to get into the waiver wire portion of this. We could talk all day and have a lot of fun. Uh, you guys came, though, for waiver wire content, and it's really not a very good week. There's two guys that I would spend more than, you know, maybe one or two fab bucks on. But besides that, it is really ugly if you're looking at guys who are available in uh, you know, at least 50% of leagues across the industry. Now, at the end of this waiver wire segment, first of all, we're going to go running back and then wide receiver, some streaming quarterbacks, streaming tight ends, DST, and then we're going to do a, a lightning round of drop or keep. So a, a lot of the guys I've been getting the questions about, you know, do I drop this guy? Do I keep this guy? What are we doing? And then we'll do some trade talk at the end as well, since it's not a very busy waiver wire week. So we do need to start at the running back position. It's got to be Ronald Jones at the top, right, Joe? Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not a huge Ronald Jones guy, and I'm still a little bit concerned about the way that they're going to use him. But there's no no doubt that he has completely uh, um, played better than his last season. I mean, you and I played better than he did last season. And he he looked like he had a little bit of juice, some power, and it looks like he's actually playing with some confidence right now. And the one thing that I've, that I've really deduced these last couple weeks, not that I'm a Jameis Winston believer, and I doubt I will be uh, in the future, but but... Bruce Arians is really good at his job, and he's got this offense clicking. They're throwing the ball down the field. That's going to open up lanes for the run game. Now, he did say Peyton Barber is still the starter, but Ronald Jones was a guy I faded all offseason. I don't necessarily regret doing so, but he has outplayed my expectations for right now, and this is a pretty good offense, and I think you got to give him some credit for running way better than he did last year. Tags and I have been on Ronald Jones a little bit just because of Bruce Arians, and we thought that he would get an opportunity eventually, but Tags, he looks so much better this year, doesn't he? I um, I was not one of those guys that was willing to write off Ronald Jones after a bad rookie season. I, I, I'll admit it didn't look good, but the offensive line also looked horrible. Uh, nobody was going to be running behind that offensive line last year. Fortunately, you know, the emergence of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans getting back on track, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait being out there running routes, it, it's opened up some things, right? And this is one of those games where I felt the need to go back and watch Tampa Bay versus the Rams. And this game, this was a game where they legitimately traveled across the country to go and play against 
against the Rams, and they were big underdogs in this game, and they smashed them. Ronald Jones was a big reason for that. I know the final stat line looks solid, but he actually had a better game than what even shows in the box score. He broke a few long runs that were called back due to some questionable, really impressive runs, too. Not just like Frank Gore running through a giant hole that an elephant could, like, waltz through. Yeah, and it's the opposite of Todd Gurley, where it's like, you know, if Gurley gets towards the sideline, he's running out of bounds. Ronald Jones was willing to jump back and bounce. Like, if he's running out along the sideline, there's a de- one defender in his way. He's going to try and cut it back in. He's going to try and gain those extra yards. He's showing a lot of effort. And if there's one game changer on that, you know, in that backfield, it could be Ronald Jones. He looks really good despite the, the added weight that he put on, which was purposefully done. It usually doesn't work out, but... The, the concern is that Bruce Arians did come out and put, he already th- kind of threw water on the, on the flames and said that Peyton Barber is still going to start for us and that we're still going to play the hot hand. I believe they're making Ronald Jones earn it. And it's probably, you know, it's, it's working in terms of what they're doing right now. Ronald Jones looks fantastic. He's staying fresh. Unfortunately, if you do pick him up, this is not, I repeat, this is not a week where you're going to want to use him against New Orleans. So he is strictly a bench stash right now. And you don't want to use him in week six against Carolina by in week seven. You don't want to use him in week eight against Tennessee. I guess you could use him against the Seahawks. Again, a bad matchup in week nine. I think you could just leave Ronald Jones out there. Someone's going to drop him after week eight or week nine. You pick him up for a great matchup against Arizona. Uh, and look, here's the thing with, with Ronald Jones, guys. I, I liken this to the Marquez Valdez-Scantling thing in Green Bay. Doesn't he feel like a guy you're going to be wrong about every week? Yes. <laughs> this entire backfield feels like that. Right. Like, so like you put him in your lineup, like for Valdez Scantling, you put him in against Philly. Philly can't cover anybody. Well, Valdez Scantling doesn't do anything. And then you put, oh man, they're playing the Titans and they're, the Titans are just a great defense right now. And he goes off for nine for 120 and a touchdown. It kind of feels like Ronald Jones is going to be like that. And that's why I'm a little skeptical here. This is ultimately, we know what Bruce Arians is going to do, right? This offense is going to center around Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and that's going to lead to some really up-and-down weeks from the backfield. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I'm not especially excited about Ronald Jones, but he is I, – I, I guess he's not technically the starter, but he went from four carries to 14 to 19 last week against the Rams, and he looked quite good. I would say he's the starter in a good offense with Bruce Arians. I mean, you remember, Devonta Freeman was horrible under Dirk Cutter. And then what did he do his second year? He led the NFL in fantasy points. Bruce Arians has turned guys into fantasy studs. And it's not to say that, you know, Bruce Arians was with Devonta Freeman, obviously, but he's going from Dirk Cutter to Bruce Arians. That's a really big deal. So I do like his upside a little bit. I just I kind of agree with Joe. Like, when do you use him? Definitely not in the next five weeks. So, Tags, how much fab are you willing to spend on him? Well, I, that's the thing. As you just mentioned, he's a starter. Bruce Arians told us he's not. <laughs> so, I mean, we can't approach it just like that. He's just a bench stash. And, fortunately, he's a guy that could earn that job. And it's rare to find a guy like that on the waiver wire. So, you, knowing that you have a guy that's attached to a Jameis Winston-led offense that's actually scoring tons of points right now, y- yeah, matchups might be tough. Like, Carolina's probably going to be a tough matchup. But we already saw this backfield produce against Carolina back in Week 2 on Thursday night football. So I, I don't want to say that Ronald Jones isn't going to be usable in some of those games, regardless, just because of the options they have in the passing game. I'd be willing, if Ronald Jones is still out there in your league, I'm willing to spend 15 to 20% to get him. Uh, I, I'm willing to do that just because he's a guy that y- you just don't find running backs in the waiver wire. And looking at the other options, I mean, Jordan Wilkins, Reichwell Armstead, these are not guys you're going to go and spend any fab budget on. <laughs> so, like, go out there and get Ronald Jones, a guy that has potential to grab that starting job in a high-scoring offense. I'm, I'm willing to spend on him. So, Joe, you said he's your number one. Who's your number two? Is it one of these high upside handcuffs, 
Or would you prefer to pick somebody up who's kind of a depth piece that if you get desperate, you can throw them into your lineup and, you know, maybe get five, six, seven fantasy points? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking strictly about the running back position, I wonder about Naeem Hines. Um, and the thing that stinks about this is I actually drafted him a bunch early in the season and then he wasn't doing anything. And then you get a game where the Colts are playing from behind and you see that he's involved. He's somebody who we always call him what these James White type of guys, right? When they're playing from behind, although the Patriots use James White from ahead, but He's somebody who's a check down receiver, and you would think Hines would be somebody who, if Marlon Mack were to get injured, were to go down, would, would get an increase in roll and an increase in snaps. So he's the other guy that I'm interested in, and and look, he's somebody who's almost certainly going to be out there because a lot of people, myself included, have been dropping him across the board. So that's kind of the guy I'm looking at. You know, I think that we saw who Naheem Hines is while Marlon Mack's on the field, and it's someone who doesn't get many touches. He had four receptions in week one, one in week two three in week three. That's not who Naheem Hines was last year. They've been using Marlon Mack on a lot of third downs, and then he was banged up in week four, and we saw Hines back in that role, and he's good. If they hold out Marlon Mack in week five before their bye, which I think is what's going to happen, I like Naheem Hines a little bit because he has a great matchup in Kansas City. They're going to be playing from behind against a team who gives up a lot of fantasy points to running backs, so I think Hines is a good play this week, but long term, I don't want anything to do with him. What do you think, Tex? I don't think that they want him to play in that role anymore. It's so weird, and I, I really don't understand why, because he did well in that role last year, but Jordan Wilkins is a, is a three-down back that can walk in and kind of take some of those snaps. They've already said that Marlon Mack could have come back in that game, but it was somewhat of a blowout, so they're not going to risk it. They have their bye week coming up in week six. So, I mean, Kansas City, if there's a team that you want to play Naheem Hines against, and if you're looking for someone to fill a void, because let's pretend that you have you know a starter on a bye week this week, you can plug him in your lineup and expect, hopefully, a floor of some sort. Uh, considering the matchup against Kansas City, who really does struggle against pass-catching running backs. But it's not something I want to tie myself to for the remainder of the season. All right, guys, we've got a few more running backs to talk about. But first, the rake-free revolution is here, and it's available only on Fantasy Draft. Rake, commission, management fee, call it whatever you want, but the days of paying 10, 12, or even 15-plus percent of your entry fees to the house are over. Now you can play rake-free only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of entry fees are paid to contest winners. That's right. Every single dollar paid in entry fees are paid to contest winners on Fantasy Draft. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contests, all you need to do is become a member. Fantasy Draft offers membership plans suitable to all levels of play, including the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-free entries per month. And for a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. As other sites continue to raise rake, prize pullers are being squeezed more and more, making it harder for players like you to win. Those days are over. No more do you have to lose up to 30% of your bankroll to rake. That money goes straight to the prize pool on Fantasy Draft. It's time to start playing your favorite contest, Rake Free, on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll is going to love it. Register at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word, to receive a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code FANTASYPROS to claim your free 7-day trial. Void word prohibited, must be 18 or older. So, Joe, what do you think about Reichwell Armstead? I mean, obviously this Jags offensive line is in bad shape, but he looked pretty dang good when he was on the field against Denver last night. He did, but the the thing about Reichwell Armstead is I would keep him as a handcuff 
And I would have been far more interested to see, or I'd be far more interested in him if Leonard Fournette looked like crap again. And, and we, look, we know Leonard Fournette was getting the, getting all the snaps. There was a, I think two weeks ago, he played a hundred percent of their snaps. As a matter of fact, I think that was the Thursday night game against Tennessee where he was awful. And then he comes out against Denver and he goes absolutely nuts. So it looked like the Jags had made a concerted effort to get Armstead into the game understanding that they probably weren't getting what they needed to get out of Leonard Fournette. Was the increase in Armstead's role all Leonard Fournette needed to get a, a fireland under his butt? Because that's kind of what it looked like. And look, the, the the Broncos tackled terribly, but that was the best we've seen Fournette look in quite some time. In hindsight, he looked great the earlier weeks because he didn't. And just because he looked great this week doesn't mean he's going to look great next week. But Ryquel Armstead, the funny part is, he comes out and looks pretty darn good. He actually scores a receiving touchdown, giving him one more touchdown than Fournette has this year. But he scores the receiving touchdown, and then Fournette, though, goes for 250 yards from scrimmage. So uh, I think right now, Armstead's just a handcuff, given the way Fournette looked. By the way, Leonard Fournette's the reason I beat you, Tags, not because of uh, Jeff Swaim or whatever. <laughs> I disagree. I used Leonard Fournette. You didn't have the cojones to use Leonard Fournette. No, I didn't. And the Broncos, <laughs> the, Bron- the Broncos basically like were, were basically saying Leonard, let Leonard Fournette beat us. And, uh, he kind of did. And he did. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, losing Bradley Chubb on the defensive line is going to hurt. Uh, he suffered a torn ACL in that game. The Broncos defense just continues to look worse and worse. They had a few injuries in their secondary during that game. So there was just a lot of things going on. They put a lot of pressure on Minshew for what it's worth. And they didn't do much of that in the first couple weeks. Yeah, they did. And they, I think they sacked him five times in that game. So it's, it's about time they got some pressure and that allowed for some draw plays to Leonard Fournette where he saw open lanes that he hasn't seen in quite some time. So it continues to help that Gardner Minshew is like a competent NFL quarterback. Like that is a real thing for Leonard Fournette because he hasn't really had that in the NFL to this point. But I'm not going to believe it after just one game of Leonard Fournette. So many people are telling me, tags, you, you're ragging on Fournette. I'm like, have you guys listened in the past few years? Like I've been the biggest Leonard Fournette fan, but like he just, he's turning, he was turning into a running back that he's not in terms of like, like dancing behind the line of scrimmage. He can't do that. He doesn't have enough initial burst to do that. Once he gets a, a full head of steam, though, good luck stopping him. I mean, obviously, Fournette's not going to lose his job. That's not what this is about with Armstead. It's about Fournette being maybe the most fragile starting running back in the NFL and this being a run-heavy offense. And if Fournette was to go down, I think most people would say, there's there's a good chance it's going to happen at some point this season. Armstead would be a very popular waiver wire pickup, so why not just own him now? But let me ask you this, Joe. Would you rather stash Armstead, not even if you own Fournette, just in general, if you've got a roster spot and you've got a high upside guy like Armstead, or would you rather go get Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Jalen Samuels? I know the answer for myself. It's any of those three. Yeah, those guys you would think are probably a little bit more gifted, and those guys are on better teams. Um, well, except with the exception of Jalen Samuels, who's on a terrible team. But so essentially what you're doing here, right, is you're playing uh, roulette. You're playing the odds. Now, the one thing that you can put in your favor is, okay, this guy is, I think, is a better player than that guy. This guy's on a better team. Or you could say, I'm going to pick up the guy behind Leonard Fournette because Leonard Fournette has shown that he can't stay healthy. And he's also the guy who at points has looked really bad this year. Ultimately, it becomes a luck play, though. Did you stash the the handcuff for the right guy? And in that case, I'm probably picking up 
somebody like Madison. I think Madison probably has the most value of those guys because he's been playing the most. Jalen Samuels played a bunch last week but didn't get a touch. Um, and, and Tony Pollard didn't even get an opportunity in that game uh, on Sunday night. Uh, the Cowboys threw him a pass and he drew a pass interference, but that was the only time he actually was really on the field. Uh, so I, I'm probably going to – if I if I had to pick one to stash, it would be the guys who are actually playing, and that would be Madison and Samuels. Mm-hmm. Any other running backs you guys want to talk about? You ready to get a wide receiver? Oh, I'm ready to move on from these running backs. It's ugly. There's really nothing there, guys. So there's nothing. And, and this is why I tell people, guys, just if I can go on a little, little bit of a, of a tangent here. This is why I tell people, you know, there's never a guarantee. You know, we got a lot of questions. Oh, how much should I spend with Wayne Gallman? Even from people, and I didn't have Saquon Barkley most anywhere. Just that's just how the boards fell for me. Um, I just didn't get that kind of, uh, that, that draft pick that would allow me to get Barkley. I was picking up Wayne Gallman in leagues where I didn't have Saquon Barkley and I was spending big time money to pick him up simply because look, it is entirely possible that if Saquon Barkley misses six weeks, Wayne Gallman could well be the single best waiver wire pickup off the wire of the entire season, right? Like there's, if he helps you win for six weeks, that's a huge, huge advantage. And that's why I tell people we're in week five right now. There is nobody out there, maybe with the exception of Ronald Jones, who is worth dropping a significant portion of your waiver budget on. And like you guys were saying earlier, we're not even sure Ronald Jones is that guy. So we're in week five. We're in week five. We had somebody in week four who was worth that. But just because you passed on Wayne Gallman, using your fab or your waiver priority on Wayne Gallman, if you passed on that, it didn't happen this week. There's no guarantee it's going to happen next week. And then by at some point, we're sitting in week eight or nine, and you've got 100% of your waiver budget. Who are you spending it on? And, and that doesn't mean, look, if Dalvin Cook goes down this week, everybody's going to go get Alexander Madison. That might well happen. It also might not. I'm waiting on that to happen. It happens every year. It happened when the Browns traded uh, Carlos Hyde last year. Nick Chubb was well worth 100% of the fab. And guess who had 100% of his fab? I did. It happened when Damian Williams became the starting running back with the Chiefs. Every single year this happens, and maybe this is the exception, but I'm waiting it out, and I will have all the fab money. It's a really risky strategy. It really does depend on where your team is at. I mean, if you're sitting there at 1-3 and or 0-4, you can't do that. You you have to go out and then, like take a chance on some players. Alexander Madison should be, uh, he should be rostered in every single league, period, just because he's one of the most valuable handcuffs in football. Uh, you you want to roster guys like if there's an, inj- an injury to the starter that they automatically walk into a top 20 role, and he's one of those players. So Madison should be rostered. Uh, but Bobby, I want to go back to, you just said Ronald Jones is not. I want to get your clear take on this, though, because you, you've talked about the fact that Bruce Arians is a guy that can produce fantasy running backs. And, you know, Ronald Jones has looked good over the first few weeks. He looked really good in week four. So what's your what's your problem? Hey, is this, this is like <laughs> on, this is like a Dan segment on our Sunday show. He goes, what's your problem, man? So what is your problem with Ronald Jones? My problem with Ronald Jones is what's his ceiling? He's Lamar Miller. Sure. That's, that's solid. RB2. Who doesn't want Lamar Miller on the waiver wire? No, I'd be fine with Lamar Miller. I'm waiting for Nick Chubb. I'm waiting for Marlon Mack. I'm waiting for Damian Williams. I want a league winner. Ronald Jones is not going to make me win my league. He's going to be someone who might get me an extra five points here and an extra three points there. And maybe I win a game because of it. But more than likely, I could just pick up a running back who's just as good as Ronald Jones most weeks. I disagree with that. I think Ronald Jones looked fantastic. And if he runs like he did in week four, he's going to have that starting job and it's a val, it's a valuable offense. So uh, I'm willing to grab Ronald Jones. I just wanted to clear that up. I I think he's fine, but I I think 
Lamar Miller was fine the last four years. I don't think he was winning anyone a championship. Yeah. Is, is an RB3 or flex player? That's fine. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really rare to find a guy like a Nick Chubb on the waiver wire. I, I know it does happen every year, but then you're going to be competing with everyone else on the waiver wire. And not if everyone else has spent five, 10 bucks here and there on scrubs. That, that's where it all depends on where your team's at. If you're 4-0, you might not need to take a shot on someone like Ronald Jones. All right, guys, wide receiver position. I think everyone is expecting us to talk about A.J. Brown. We will talk about A.J. Brown. I've got him number six on my list of wide receivers. I think that there are two wide receivers who are great pickups this week. Joe, I'm curious if you agree and if you've got the same two. Who are your guys? Well, I think Golden Tate's really interesting. Um, and, and the reason Golden Tate is interesting is because Daniel Jones has actually given this uh, this this offense some some life, right? Daniel Jones has given um, this offense just a little bit of juice. And Golden Tate is is somebody who, he wasn't great when he got traded to Philadelphia last year. It was kind of a weird fit, but they brought him in with the big time uh, contract. And the other thing is, guys, this defense is going to ensure that they're going to be playing from behind in a lot of games. Throw out what happened against Washington. Um, Dwayne Haskins was, was awful and he was put in a position where, you know, it wasn't really a position for him to succeed, but he was somebody who just could not move the ball. But most weeks teams are going to be scoring a lot of points against the Giants. That means Golden Tate is going to be somebody who's going to have the opportunity to catch passes. By the way, that's also why I spent a lot of, a lot of fab budget on Wayne Gallman, simply because I knew he can catch passes and, and I knew this team was going to be playing from behind quite a bit. So I'm interested in Golden Tate out there on the waiver wire. And the other guy I'm really interested in, I want somebody who's got a shot, like you guys are saying, to be better. Cole Beasley is somebody who I always, I, I, I call those guys bi-week waiver guys, where you pick them up off the waiver wire, they're PPR guys, they can catch you five passes for 55 yards. And you know what? On certain weeks, that's going to help you win. But if I'm picking somebody up off the waiver wire, I want somebody who I believe is going to have a shot to maybe start for me for the rest of the season. Uh, if things break right, and the guy for me in that in that category is Debo Samuel. He's looked really good. Um, the one thing that has sucked is they have not figured out their their wide receiver rotation. I think a couple weeks ago they, they didn't have a single wide receiver who played half their snaps. But Debo Samuel has consistently stood out to me as the best receiver on that 49ers team. He's the guy. If I could pick one of those receivers to have the rest of the year, it would be him. Uh, they were on by this week. I think there's a significant chance that in some of your leagues he was dropped to accommodate somebody else uh, on a bye week. So I would think Debo Samuel is a guy I'd be try to be proactive in target. He does look good, but this kind of makes me think of Ronald Jones where it's like, is Shanahan actually going to play him more than 60, 70, 80% of snaps? Because if he doesn't, I never want to start him. I don't ever want to start Debo Samuel. I agree he's got some upside, but some other guys with some upside are out there as well. I think Paris Campbell is a a much more talented player. T.Y. Hilton's dealing with a quad issue. So I don't know if he's going to miss next week, but Paris Campbell's a great streamer face Kansas City if he does. Tags, I've got Cole Beasley as my number two. What do you think? I like Cole Beasley more than most is like a guy that you could kind of stick into lineups. And Logan Ryan, uh, they're playing the Titans this week. And Logan Ryan's been kind of like a, a guy that people have been targeting over and over. He, he does allow a lot of receptions. Cole Beasley has no games with fewer than nine PPR points through four weeks. He's actually the, the wide receiver 36 
right now in PPR formats, and that's despite, you know, the Bills scoring more than 21 points just one time. No touchdowns, by the way. That's with no touchdowns. With no touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. He's seeing a ton of targets. I I, want to say that I can't remember the exact number, but I think he's ranked uh, in the top 10 among wide receivers in targets. He's got 36 of them through four weeks, 23 in the last two weeks. Yeah. Anytime you can get a receiver that's seeing like double digit targets is kind of ridiculous. Um, So, I mean, if you need a bi-week filler and a matchup against Tennessee where they're they're probably going to have some trouble running the ball, even if Josh Allen's inaccurate, most of those passes that go to Cole Beasley are like five yards from the line of scrimmage. And those are the easiest ones to complete. So if he's struggling, he's probably going to look to him more often. So, yeah, I mean... Beasley is not he this is one of those definitions of a guy that's not going to win you your league but he can definitely fill a role and it kind of reminds me of uh Joe I'm sure you remember last year where Adam Humphreys everybody was like continually like 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 wait like waiting for everything to fall <laughs> apart they're like no it's it's still Adam Humphreys right guys like he's never he's not going to be this guy and I think we have to look at Cole Beasley like a, a, a player like that that may not win you your league but he can definitely contribute I like Cole Beasley as my number two, but again, I'm not spending more than one fab dollar on him because last week he had 13 targets against the Patriots because the Patriots have an incredible pass rush. That's not going to happen. Josh Allen locked onto Cole Beasley every single time he sensed the pass rush. He said, where is Cole Beasley? And that sounds great, but it's not going to happen very often because the Bills have a good offensive line. It's not going to happen against Tennessee next week. And then they've got the bye. It's not going to happen against Miami. Um, I, I just... Cole Beasley is a wide receiver five, kind of what like what Joe was talking about. Um, and so I, I wouldn't mind having a wide receiver five. It's better than what's out there, but I can't be excited. Oh, man, there's some good matchups coming up. Like after their bye week in week six, you got Miami, Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Miami again. It's like, oh, yes, like he's going to be usable like a lot of those weeks. I'm actually I think I'm going to rank him as like a wide receiver for this week uh, against Tennessee. So, yeah, I mean, I if you if you need wide receiver help and you're like looking for someone in a PPR format, if you want to throw five to seven bucks at Cole Beasley, I'm down with it. All right, guys, we're going to keep it going with wide receivers here in just a second. But first, thanks again to CBS Sports HQ for supporting our show. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams 24-7 and brings you top-tier sports and fantasy coverage. From your initial draft prep all the way through championship week, fantasy experts on CBS Sports HQ provide you helpful advice all season long. Get all the latest stats and injury updates along with in-depth analysis. You can receive all the latest breaking news highlights, previews, and recaps from all around the sports world. Whether you play in season-long or DFS formats, CBS Sports HQ gives you all the information you need to make the right choices for all your fantasy lineups. And on top of that, it's free for everybody. No trials or end dates. It's 100% free. You don't even need a login. Watch anytime, anywhere from your phone or your home with Apple TV, Fire TV, or Roku. It couldn't be any easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Joe, what do you think about Sanu, who has a lot of targets as well? Last uh, He's got six, seven, six. Last week, he had 12 targets. I mean, he was the number two wide receiver on the Falcons last year. You can say what you want about Calvin Ridley's talent, but it was Sanu who was on the field the most. Sanu who was getting targeted the most. And he's been good when he's been on the field throughout his career. And he's another guy. He's like the Cole Beasley type, right? Oh, I think everybody uh, in a fantasy league, if you're in a 12-team fantasy league, I'm pretty sure all 12 teams at some point during the season have rostered Muhammad Sanu. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, I I used him. Here's uh, here. Oh, I got my four catches for 61 yards. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm dropping him for my handcuff this week. Oh, no. My opponent. Oh, oh, crap. His his (laughs) receiver was ruled out at 1130 in the morning. Oh, Muhammad Sanu's out there. I'll go pick him up. He's like everybody's kind of safety net. Uh, that's the way I view him. I draft Muhammad Sanu, an, uh, just an 
indescribable amount in every best ball season ever. Yep. Only because nobody <laughs> ever wants him and he's there in the 16th and 17th rounds. So he, he's that type of guy for me. I'd actually rather have Beasley, uh, because I do think it's coming for Calvin Ridley, uh, at, at some point here, though. The one thing I will say is, man, do the Falcons stink. They, they are not sustaining offense at all. It's just been a bunch of big plays. Dirk Cutter, terrible hire again. Like bringing him back was the worst thing they could have ever done. Well, they did that because Matt Ryan was comfortable with the offense, which at least I understand on some level, but their only win so far is when the Eagles literally lost three of their four top targets in pregame warmups. I, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, this is a really bad team. And now, of course, when you have a bad team with offensive talent, though, that means we've got a good shot for, for GTP. And that's kind of what's been happening with the Falcons. So, but Sanu to me, he is the quintessential waiver wire pick him up on Saturday or Sunday when one of my guys gets ruled out. Yep, and that's all that he is. That's all he will ever be unless Julio Jones gets hurt. And then he's got quite a bit of upside. But I, I want to ask you guys this, okay? So Drew Brees is out. Teddy Bridgewater does not look good. The Saints defense is still just horrible. Are the Buccaneers going to win the NFC South? The the Saints defense did look pretty solid uh, against Dallas last night. Um, It was one game. Oh, okay. It, it was one game where they looked good. The Saints are going to win that division. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints there. Because you have to look at it this way. You know, if, if Drew Brees was going to miss six weeks, right, guys, and that, that that was, and I think Drew Brees is going to be determined to be back before then, but let's just say it's the initial time frame, the six weeks. I, I said this while he got hurt, and this is, actually, my analysis was wrong because I, I, I said that because I was convinced Sean Payton was going to use Taysom Hill way more than he has thus far. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, as, as one of Taysom Hill's, and it's nothing personal, Taysom, but as one of Taysom Hill's <laughs> biggest haters, because I just despise the way Sean Payton uses him when Drew Brees is active, I think he's been underutilizing him. Because Bridgewater looks terrible to me. And I feel like they could use, they could actually use the burst. Like, he had that one carry where he ran over a safety. Or it wasn't even a linebacker last night against the Cowboys. Um, and he gained like 18, 20 yards, somewhere in that range. I actually think they've been underutilizing Taysom Hill. Now, the reason I think they're not using him is because they didn't put Drew Brees on IR. So they don't want to sign a third quarterback and, and have to use and have to activate a third quarterback on game day because if Teddy gets hurt or Taysom Hill gets hurt, then they're really screwed. That's the reason I think they're doing it. But to make my point that I was going to make initially, I thought when Drew Brees went down, Sean Payton was probably saying internally to himself, I am going to do everything I can to have this team get to 500 when, with Drew Brees out. And if we're at 500 when he comes back, then I think we're going to be able to turn it on down the stretch. They're almost the all the way there. They're 2-0 and without Drew Brees, without Bridgewater looking good. So I think because of that, I've really got to look at the Saints as this has actually made them bigger favorites in the division in my mind because they've managed to win twice yeah. without a good quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Yeah, and the defense looking good is big time. Tex, do you have any other wide receivers that you're interested in? I mean, obviously, we've got quite a few guys to talk about. Paris Campbell, as I mentioned earlier. Adronimo Allison put up some points. Uh A.J. Brown, I guess we need to talk about. Corey Davis had a good game, finally, but he gets Buffalo this week. 
Do you like any of these guys' tags? Geronimo Allison should be owned in every single league, and he should have been owned before the the touchdown this week, and not because he was he was he's an every week starter or anything like that, but because Devontae Adams is dealing with turf toe, and if he had to miss any time, like Geronimo Allison becomes an every week start. Like he's a guy that has rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is willing to throw it to him in one on one situations. Markel Valdez Scantling has been somewhat inconsistent, so I mean, looking at those, like if you get a, a wide receiver tied to Aaron Rodgers, that's going to see six plus targets per game. You want him on your fantasy team. And um, just behind Golden Tate, I'd take Geronimo Allison over everybody else in the waiver wire this week. Well, a wide receiver. Joe, who do you have as your number three behind Tate and Samuel? Here's the thing with A.J. Brown. He looks so good to me, yeah. but I feel like I can't trust that offense. Right. And look, I uh, my opinions on Marcus Mariota are well known. I think I think if the, the Titans are, are going to be fooled into giving him a contract, they're going to regret it almost immediately. That being said, he's playing exactly the way they need him to play. He's not turning the ball over. He's he's playing efficiently, and they're he's putting them in a position where the defense and Derrick Henry can win them games. But AJ Brown, man, he looks so freaking good to me. And and if he if he were on a better team, I would be so much more interested in picking him up than I actually am. I wonder if if he's somebody who you're you're dropping ten percent of your waiver budget on because he scored two touchdowns against the Falcons. I think you're going to regret that very quickly because you're going to put him in your lineup and he's going to catch one pass for eight yards. Oh, what happened? Well, this is the game Marcus Mariota went eleven for seventeen for ninety five yards, and you just happened to catch the wrong end of that game. Uh, it's it's the same reason I don't trust Corey Davis, and now they have both of them, them. They have each other to contend with. That's a problem for me. And Delaney Walker's healthy as well. It's, I mean, AJ Brown's good, but he only played forty-five percent of the snaps. Tags, what do you think about Brown? Yeah, I'm not buying it. He had he had three targets. It was a good matchup against Atlanta without Keanu Neal. That team just lost his backbone to the defense again. Uh, he's doing a lot of damage after the catch. He he ranks 10th in the NFL in yards after the catch, but he's like 66th in receptions. So it's like oh, so he's Albert Wilson. <laughs> there's going to be some regression there. And you know we've learned we've learned our lesson before with Corey Davis. Uh, he's had performances like this before in the past where it's like oh we could finally trust Corey Davis, and then the next week comes and it's like two catches for 40 yards, and you're like, damn. I mean. Oddly, I, he gets Trudavious White in week five. Like, there's no chance he's catching one ball. Well, and the weird, the the crazy part of all this is that Tajay Sharp is actually playing more snaps than AJ Brown. He's not getting more targets, but he's playing more snaps. So it's it, it it's definitely concerning. Uh, no, AJ Brown is not a pickup for me. By the way, they play like four tight ends. <laughs> the Titans, <laughs> like they, they use a ton of thirteen personnel. Yeah, Jonu Smith is actually eating into Delaney Walker snaps. So that knee injury, whatever he's dealing with, is like a real thing. And he's a guy that you know you guys will read in the primer this week. But Delaney Walker, I've already done my research, and uh, he's a sit for week five. Interesting. All right. So Tex, what do you think about Corey Davis and Dante Pettis? Like these are guys who were drafted in every single league. Are either of them even worth rostering? Uh, I, <laughs> it depends on how deep your league is. Corey Davis uh, should be rostered. He's still the best receiver on that team. I like AJ Brown as a receiver, but Corey Davis is still the best receiver on that team. But again, tying yourself to Marcus Mariota is not the the greatest thing you could ever do. And uh, they do want to be a run first team. They're not going to have a whole lot of pass attempts, so they're going to require a lot of efficiency out of Marcus Mariota. And while his numbers overall look decent this year, a lot of the, the receivers have done a lot of work after the catch and granted Mariota has to take advantage of good matchups when they're there and he did that against Atlanta this week so I'm not going to say Mariota was bad or anything but it, it was what it was and it is what it is we don't want to rely on Corey Davis especially in tough matchups so no I don't think you need to pick him up but as for Dante Pettis 
I might be a little more optimistic in that case. Like the 49ers defense has played better than anybody's expected. Their run game has like the running backs have performed like one of the last three undefeated teams with the Patriots and the Chiefs. It's nuts, man. Like everybody knows that this, <laughs> this is like, if you were to say which one's the fakest uh, undefeated team, it's definitely the 49ers. Uh, you know, they're coming out of their bye week. They're going to be playing against uh, the Browns on Monday Night Football. Do the Browns continue, you know, to build on the momentum that they got this week? But Pettis I'm interested in. I, I definitely think he's worth a, a speculative ad uh, just in case he, d- like, now after the bye, he's fully healthy. And he has been, like, earning more and more snaps as the week go. And he's produced in the NFL before. So he's someone that should be rostered for sure. I think he's got the highest upside of anybody that's not Golden Tater Geronimo Allison on this on this waiver wire list. I'd like to say Corey Davis because of his talent, but I, I won't do it because I, I've been there before and I've done that. <laughs> Joe, any other wide receivers you want to talk about? Devontae Parker? Yeah, I mean, Allison is interesting only because of the Devontae Adams thing. I Like, the, the, the Packers have been playing a lot of two tight end and two running back sets. That I think that needs to be taken into account, and Allison's the guy who comes off the field when that happens. But if Devontae Adams were to miss this week, it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, if Devontae Adams misses this week, um, that, that could be a, a, a big issue. All right, guys, streaming quarterbacks. Are we going with Andy Dalton face the Arizona Cardinals at home? Kirk Cousins in New York against the Giants. Oh, God. Gardner Minshew at Carolina. Uh, it's Dalton for me. Me too. And and here's the thing. I want it to be Cousins, but here, the, the, the issue here is, A, he's not playing well. Okay. That's the easiest to describe. That's the, that, that's the easiest thing to deduce right here. He's not playing well. B, the coaching staff does not want to throw the football. As an extension of that, the coaching staff does not have confidence in Kirk Cousins. And I don't think Kirk Cousins has confidence in the staff right now. He is playing with zero confidence. And when you're throwing to two all-pro wide receivers and you're playing with zero confidence, that tells me there is something rotten here in Minnesota. This is how Mike Zimmer wants to play. He literally fired John DeFilippo for throwing the ball too much. John DeFilippo is the guy who's now coordinating Minshew Mania down in Jacksonville. So John DeFilippo, I don't think he was a failure at his job. I think he was a failure in Mike Zimmer's eyes. That's a big-time difference. And right now, this passing game looks completely lifeless. And a passing game that has Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs looking lifeless is a joke in this day and age in the NFL. I think it's absolutely crazy. Tags, is it Andy Dalton for you as well? I like Dalton, uh, but if someone wanted to tell me they were going to use Cousins, I'd have no problem with it. Um, like, like, so real quick, just going through Cousins game. So week one against the Falcons, he did everything he was supposed to do. He threw 10 passes in that game, eight of 10 for 98 yards, two touchdowns. It was a blowout, but he, but he, he threw, he threw well in that game, right? And then he goes up against the Packers defense. By the way, they pressured him on 66% of his dropbacks that game. That's like legitimately the highest in the NFL this year. It was stupid. He had no chance to survive in that game. He sucks under pressure. Then he played the Raiders. I mean, he completed 15 of 21 passes for 174 yards and a touchdown. That's a solid game, but again, it was another blowout. And, not, and then it was like, are we really going to hate him for sucking against the Bears? I mean, the Bears defense... Did he suck? He completed 27 passes without throwing an interception. I, I don't think he was very good. Yeah, he, he wasn't good, but I wouldn't say he sucked. I think Kirk Cousins has been fine. I just think that like the, the hate on Cousins has gone a little far. Does he suck under pressure? Absolutely. But do the Giants get pressure on the quarterback? No, they just lost another starting linebacker this week. So I, I'm not... But anybody can against the Vikings. That's the issue. You don't trade for someone like Kirk Cousins... 
and then not support his offensive line. Well, they, they tried. I mean, they, they have tried. And I've been saying for a while that the interior of that offensive line is not very good, but it is what it is. And I'm still, I, I'm actually okay with Cousins as a streamer this week, but Dalton's a good option as well. Yep, I agree. I think Dalton's probably the long-term solution too, just because they throw the ball that much. Um, I, I don't want Andy Dalton. I've got him like 15, 16 rest of the season. But if you need somebody, uh, I don't think he's a bad pickup. Let's go tight end, guys. Chris Herndon is coming back. He's a good pickup, but he gets Philadelphia this week. Tyler Eifert, meanwhile, is a bad pickup, but he's a great streamer this week. Face Arizona, who Will Disley just beat up. So, Joe, who do you like between these two? Eifert, Herndon, or are you going somewhere else? Noah Fant? Oh, I'm picking up Herndon. Herndon's the guy I want because it looks like uh, the, the betting markets don't think Darnold is going to play this week. They have the Eagles as 14-point favorites here. Um, I don't think it would be that high if Darnold was going to play. But Herndon looks like somebody who was going to be a significant part of their passing offense. Uh, he was during the preseason. I, I'm not playing him this week if, 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 if I pick him up. Certainly not if Luke Falk's the quarterback. But he's somebody – Here's a, here's a move I literally just made in a league uh, because I was able to do this because Herndon's game hasn't kicked off yet uh, or he had a bye week uh, on Yahoo. Um, I dropped Jared Cook for Chris Herndon and I also have Delaney Walker. So I felt comfortable making that move, but that's uh, he's more of a speculative ad to me. Herndon uh, Eifert is going to be the DFS guy. I'm not buying into it for season long. Maybe if I'm desperate, uh, it does also feel like the kind of game where like CJ Uzoma goes off. Um, it, 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 because Eifert's really only been playing like half the snaps. So, but long term, Herndon and Fant are the guys I want. Um, Fant is, they've been trying to get him going all year. And you know, what's funny about that is the Broncos are 0-4. I don't think Joe Flacco played all that bad this past week. Look, Joe Flacco throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. This day and age, you need to win that football game if you're the Broncos. You're right. Against the Jags, meanwhile. No Jalen Ramsey, but, but that one's on the defense. That, that game was not on Joe Flacco and Noah Fant got his first touchdown. So Flacco seems like he, he's going to start trusting Fant here a little bit more. I mean, what can you do against Gardner Minshew though? Like, no, of the course. Defense is help. Every defense is helpless against Minshew. <laughs> Tags, what do you think? Eifert, Herndon? I'm going Eifert. Uh, you know, I, I understand the Uzama, uh, the whole idea about that because they did play the same amount of snaps in week three. I mean, I'll be curious. I'll be watching tonight to kind of see who um, leads the team in snaps but at the same time going back to week three which is the most recent game that we have to go off of right now uh, Eifert ran 23 routes where Uzama only ran eight routes and the Cardinals are just like it's death taxes and and fantasy points to uh to tight ends against the Cardinals but uh so I'm gonna go Tyler Eifert I'm not I'm not confident in Herndon that team looks a lot different than the team that he played on last year I mean Robbie Anderson's there he's going to bounce back he's got some better matchups coming up Le'Veon Bell gets targets over the middle of the field Jamison Crowder gets targets over the middle of the field so a lot of that stuff that Herndon did get last year is going to be taken away so I I don't find myself needing to tie myself to to Chris Herndon that Jets offense so I've got Herndon rest of the season tight end 13 who would you rather have rest of the season tags? Herndon or Will Disley? Disley, 100%. Me too. What about Herndon or Delaney Walker? Ooh, that one's close considering Walker's like decline in snaps and, um, Jonu Smith, I mean, is like supposed to be his replacement in long, in the long run. I might go Herndon there, but it's not, I, I think they're both streamers. All right. On to DST in just a moment. But first I wanted to tell you about a giveaway we have going on. We're giving away a signed Julian Edelman Patriots helmet to one lucky listener. If you want to enter that contest, go to fantasypros.com slash contest for details. It takes like 30 seconds, maybe a minute to enter that contest. Again, at fantasypros.com 
slash contest. And we're able to do this contest thanks to pristineauction.com. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about them, okay? So Tax and I are always on Pristine Auction trying to sniff out the best values. And there are tons of values. You're going to find them if you're willing to look because they auction off hundreds, thousands, even sometimes tens of thousands of items every single day. So there's guaranteed to be some values and everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Again, that's pristineauction.com. No matter who your team is, you're going to find something you love for your cave. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when you sign up, it's free to sign up, by the way, but enter in the registration code Fantasy Pros, all one word. It's going to give you $5 off your first purchase. Again, that's pristineauction.com registration code Fantasy Pros. All right, guys, let's go DST for this week. Joe, do you have a favorite streamer here? Well, it's it's uh, whoever's going up against the Dolphins each and every week, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the Dolphins are off this week. I was like, uh, you got Josh Allen going up against Tennessee. Tennessee's one of the best defenses, and they're 24% owned going up against Josh Allen. Do you know why that is? Because they are literally the single most forgotten about team in the NFL. Yeah, yet they're going to make the playoffs for the third consecutive year, probably. <laughs> and here's the thing with Josh Allen, right? Like... I mean, this is both a positive and a negative. He he just, if he makes a mistake, he's not going to be afraid of making the same mistake. You're right. And I mean that as a positive and a negative. Like, if he throws the ball deep because he, he saw John Brown in single coverage and he underthrows it and throws a pick, he's not going to be checking down the next time he's out on the field. So that's why, that's why Josh Allen will have games like he had this past week against the, uh, against the, uh, the Patriots. The, the, the other thing is also he is in the concussion protocol. Well, all right. If he misses Matt the game, Barkley. then I'm also going to be happy to stream <laughs> against Mac Barkley. So there, that's a win-win there. Uh, so I really like that one. You know what I love about Josh Allen is he is not afraid to go out there and try to win a game. In the past with Buffalo, they would go out there and they would be like, oh, we're down 10 points. We're just going to keep playing our brand of football. And so what if we lose by 10 points? Josh Allen's like, I'm going to try to do this. And then he failed. But you know what? At least he tried. He was trying to make plays. He fumbled. He threw the interceptions. But I really like this kid, man. I wonder if they would have won that game if he played at the end. Because I, I just had no faith Barkley was going to move the ball up and down. At least Allen could have like taken off for 40 yards. <laughs> uh, the other big one, guys, um, and I, I would think this is, this is a defense that I, I think people have been really disappointed in thus far this year. But they went on the road and made some big plays uh, in a game they had to win. Uh, and they were almost certainly dropped because they were playing the Packers in week four. And that's the Eagles. And they get the Jets at home this week. So either you're going to get Luke Falk or you're going to get enlarged spleen Sam Darnold. Um, and so I, I'm, I, I think the Eagles are probably the one maybe more available than the Titans at this point that I would pick up and, and stream this week. They're available in a lot of my leagues. I've been doing my preliminary research. Tags, if it's Darnold, it's just going to be a lot of quick reads, right? Because they're, they've got to protect him. Uh, it reportedly is not going to be Darnold. Uh, that's a, something I saw like right before we started recording uh, the show is that uh, the test did not come back as positive as the Jets had hoped. Uh, but Sam Darnold is going to start doing some limited work. He's not going to play this week. That's not going to happen. So, And the Eagles have been a disappointing defense. I think they only have three sacks this year. Um, so that's been a huge disappointment. But by the way, they've got a lot of talent. They do, and you, you feel like they're going to figure it out. By the way, that is team A, number one, two, three, and four for Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. Like, you're built to win now, and Howie Roseman has no problem trading draft picks. I think the Eagles offered two first-round picks for him because somebody did, and it makes sense if it was the Eagles and that the Jags would turn down those two late first-round picks. So, But here's the other thing, though, with Darnold, and, and he, Tags is 100% right. This isn't like, oh, you know, his hamstring is 90%. <laughs> We're going to see if, 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 if he can play through it. If your spleen is enlarged, I mean, 
guys, if you get hit, that's a life-threatening condition. Like, you, you cannot... This is not one where, oh, he's 95% of the way there. Nuh-uh. He's, before doctors clear him for contact, he's got to be 100% of the way there. And he's got to be 100% of the way there for a period of time before they're going to clear him for contact. So if there is any doubt at all, Sam Darnold's not going to play this week. Agree. Tags, do you like any other defenses? There's quite a few this week. San Francisco was dropped because they were on the bye. They've got a good defense. Kansas City's always a good play because they're always going to be playing from up. Lots of pass attempts, interceptions. I mentioned Tennessee. Um, Philadelphia. Anybody else you like? Uh, Carolina Panthers, if they're available. Um, I know some, a lot of people dropped them because they didn't want to play them against Houston last week, but that was actually a pretty good matchup because you were going to get some sacks out of it. Uh, Ron Rivera has kind of turned that defense around. I, they're tied for the league league in, in sacks right now. And Gardner Minshew was just hammered by the Denver Broncos. Dang, they have 14 sacks in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's like 18 on the season now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, again, Gardner Minshew was sacked, I think, five times against a Broncos team that didn't have any sacks coming into that game. So uh, the Panthers at home against the Jets. And he avoided another five sacks that should have been sacks. Yeah, they were coming after him for sure. This this offensive line is a train wreck in Jacksonville. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go lightning round of drop or keep. We're going to start out at the wide receiver position. Drop or keep Will Fuller? Keep. Keep. I'm keeping him too. No zero touchdowns, 183 yards so far, losing snaps. Um, but I would still keep him just because he's got a lot of upside. What about Deshaun Jackson? Drop or keep? Oh, keep. 100%. Keep. Not not even close. I mean, I think that Eagles offense is really going to take off when he comes back. Yeah, he's a top 36 play when he's back. Yep, I agree with that. Michael Gallup. Keep. I will also say keep. Devin Smith ain't it. Like, I know we tried to make that happen, but no, they, they you could tell on Sunday night that they really miss Gallup. When Gallup comes back, and he's going to be back soon, probably what, week six, week seven? When he comes back, top 40 rest of the season wide receiver, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Someone you start most weeks. Okay, what about Robbie Anderson? Buy. I would buy low on him. Um, yeah, with Darnold coming back? Yeah, he's coming off the buy, but he has Philadelphia uh, this week. That's like a matchup that everybody wants to attack, especially their, their cornerbacks are weak. Dallas after that, which is like, oh, okay. Then he has New England and Jacksonville, and you're like, okay, those aren't great matchups at all, Mike. But then you get past that, and it's like, oh, my. Uh, you have Miami. You have the Giants. Xavier Howard. The, the Redskins. Xavier Howard. He's Janoris Jenkins, Josh Norman. Yeah. Uh, those guys have disappeared. They're dead. Uh, Josh Norman is also dead. Uh, the, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins again. It's like, I'm actually, I, I, I was totally against Robbie Anderson drafting him. I told people stop drafting him as a top 30, top 36. I had him outside my top 40 wide receivers, but right now I believe he should be considered a, a borderline wide receiver three, a guy with upside. And there's people that are dropping him right now. So he w- yeah. Cause what, I mean, what did you expect against the Bills, Tredavious White? The Browns, uh, Denzel Ward, the New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. Like, what did you expect? He might have exceeded expectation in my mind. <laughs> and by the way, two of those matchups, Gil, they, they do, he does play Tredavious White and Stephon Gilmore again, but they've already gotten each of those matchups out of the way once. So, you know, you're not going to avoid bad matchups all year. So, uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good one by tags. That's a good point. DD Westbrook, drop or keep? Keep. I keep him. I, it, but, if you wanted to say he's basically like one of those Cole Beasley types, you know, you're five for 60 type of guy, I don't have a problem with that. I think uh, I have been way more impressed with DJ Chark than I thought I would be. Me too, yeah. Chark has been kind of like, um, has been like kind of arbitrage, um, Terry McLaurin. He's kind of doing some of the same things and he's developed. I think he's, he's one of those guys who's 
people watch him and are like, ooh, I only thought this guy was a deep threat, and he's not. He's he's their number one. He's the guy. Ma- he's like Adam Thielen light, guys. I am more and more impressed with him every single week. He's amazing. He's a number three wide receiver. Like, I have no problem saying DJ Chark is locked into my lineup every week at this point. That's how impressed I've been with him. I'm, I'm with you, and I know that this game was like a weak performance in, in the total scheme of, th- like the grand scheme of things, but he actually did score, he actually did score a ridiculous touchdown that was called back, um, so it could have been another, like, wonderful game for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, guys. Nelson Aguilar. Drop. 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 <laughs> a very, 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 very uh, appropriate drop, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown. Drop. drop. He said he might come back now, guys. He said he's unretired. He could want to come back all he wants, but no team signing him. It's done. It's over. Oh, man. I would pick up Antonio Brown right now. Forget you guys. <laughs> Have fun with that roster spot. <laughs> it's a waste. <laughs> all right, guys. Last one for wide receivers, Jamison Crowder. Keep. Yeah, I, I'm dropping him. Yeah, I guess it, yeah, it depends on who I'm dropping him for. I'd drop him for Golden Tate, obviously. I, I'd drop him for Sanu. I wouldn't I, I don't think I would do that. I wouldn't drop him for Sanu. I think he's going to have a bigger role when Darnold comes back. And it looks like Darnold, it looks like week six is a possibility. So, uh, I, once again, though, I'm with, I'm with you, Tags. I don't think Darnold's playing this week. Yep. All right. Running back, dropper, keep Duke Johnson. Keep reluctantly. It's just the thing is, I drafted him a ton and. The Carlos Hyde actually looking half decent has been just a killer. It's funny, man. <laughs> it is so funny. It's just a killer. Like, you know, because I thought he was going to have a – and he has had a role. And let's be honest, Duke Johnson's looked pretty good too. It's just these teams, they get him in their building. Well, now it's only two teams, but still, they get him in their building. And it seems like you have big plans for him. And then teams just use him less than they seem like they intended to. And I wonder – He played more snaps in week four at least. That's encouraging. Oh yeah, he was playing a lot of snaps, but it's just, yeah, the, Deshaun Watson, and this was the thing, people are like, oh, he doesn't check the ball down. Well, maybe it's true. Yeah. Tags, what do you think? Um, that he was someone that I'm kind of like teetering on. I'd probably keep him just because, I mean, who are you picking up at running back to replace him? Right. Yeah. What about Chris Thompson, guys? Keep. 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 I think, uh, I, I love, love him as a flex. As a matter of fact, until Terry McLaurin comes back, I think he's the only Redskin you can use for fantasy. Yeah. What about his teammate, Adrian Peterson? You dropping him? Drop. Hold until, uh, after next week because this week they're gonna, this week they're playing the Vikings and they're playing the Dolphins. So I think you can use Peterson against the Dolphins and like you, the, the, like the worst case scenario is that someone grabs him and then plays him against you when he plays the Dolphins. And I mean, everybody scores points against the Dolphins. So I, I would, I would hold him for now, but I, I understand the drop idea. I have, I have no qualms dropping him. He doesn't, he doesn't catch passes and his team stinks. Uh, the, the, he had the most drastic win loss splits I think I've ever seen last year. Um, yeah, and they're going to lose a ton of games. You know who I'm dropping coming off a 109-yard game? Frank Gore. Yeah, with Devin Singletary coming back. I, I mean, Singletary's back, and, and Gore didn't really do anything. He had two carries where he ran through the biggest holes ever, and he created absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. It doesn't catch the passes, uh, isn't going to score a ton of touchdowns. I'm totally fine dropping him. Like He's one of those guys, Like if you're in a position where you need to play him, I'd probably rather just pick up one of the random PPR backs who are going to be on the wire, like a Naeem Hines or something. Just somebody who can catch me six passes, and I would feel like that'd be better for me than Frank Gore. Latavius Murray. Drop. Drop. I think he's dropped. When Breeze comes back, but that could be a month. And Murray's going to – I think he's just going to languish on the waiver wire until then. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he has more fantasy upside than any backup running back not named Madison or Pollard, though. Not with uh, Bridgewater under center. Breeze is coming back, though. And if Kamara goes down, Murray's the clear number one. So I wouldn't mind keeping him. I think there's players to drop him for. Like, I would rather have Ronald Jones than Latavius Murray, no doubt about it. 
Um, but yeah, I think you could keep Latavius Murray because he's still got that kind of upside. What about Kareem Hunt? Is he going to do anything when he comes back? I, w- I would not be rostering him right now. It's gotten to the point where now I, I might start thinking about it. Um, but again, you have to get through bye weeks and you have to look at your team and, and evaluate where you're at. Uh, I was, I was one of those guys that said, do not draft him anywhere because you're just wasting. But, but now that we're four weeks into the season, um, you know, if, if your team is, is doing really well and you could afford to, uh, a roster spot for him, yeah. I mean, he, it's, it's now to the point where he should start to be rostered. It's not like a must roster or anything like that. Cause if he's still out there on the waiver wire, it means that people are probably still just waiting on him to come back. So you could probably wait another two weeks and grab him, but this, but like Nick Chubb's not going anywhere when he comes back. I, I've said that all along, but Kareem Hunt becomes one of the more valuable handcuffs running backs in all football though yeah well here's here's the other thing like with Kareem Hunt uh, everywhere that he was drafted in every single league where he was drafted and I was in none of them he has been dropped and I I, you know this is something that was so easy to predict somebody's going to draft him and say well I'll keep him around for eight weeks and then you realize oh crap I need that roster spot and he gets dropped I actually think I'd more prioritize him in a week or two if I had Nick Chubb because I do think that that was a really good sign from the Browns, right? That they got going in a game they needed to win. That was a good sign from them. So um, I, I think that offense is going to get going. And in that, if that's the case, if Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt's going to be very valuable. But at this point, why would they take Nick Chubb off the field? He's been their best player. All right, guys, let's do a couple more drop or keep at the running back position. Jordan Howard coming off the huge game. But why would you own him? Like, when is he ever going to play enough that you would own Jordan Howard? I'd sell. I wouldn't say drop. I would say sell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Who's going to buy him is the question I have. Well, the thing I've said this before, Joe, and this is my point on this. When people actually see it on primetime television, they believe it. It's kind of like uh, seeing is believing. And uh, they saw Jordan Howard score three touchdowns. And I mean, he did look good doing it. Like we'll give him a lot of credit. Yeah. And Miles Sanders, after the two fumbles he had in week three, you know, and Darren Sproles is essentially obsolete from this offense. So there is a role for Jordan. Jordan Howard, so I, I I would actually say that he's probably a keep in general, just because he's a yeah, like an RB four though. Like, when are you going to be happy playing him? Exactly, you're not going to start him most weeks, but that's why I'm saying if you can sell high on him after a prime time performance where people saw him score three touchdowns, I would do that. And you can also sell him as like, hey, he's at least going to be on a good offense, and there's going to be opportunities to score touchdowns for him. So at least there's that. Yeah, Rex Burkhead, keep. Sony Michelle looks like absolute trash to me. <laughs> that team is not running the ball right now because they can't. James Devlin being on IR isn't going to help matters. That offensive line isn't getting much of a push. I- I'd probably say hold. He was banged up this week, by the way, which is why I don't think he played a ton of snaps. They're going to win by two, t- two, three touchdowns against Washington, two or three against the Giants, two or three against the Jets. He's going to get some carries. I think he's a keep. The last one, Malcolm Brown. Keep. Keep, I guess. Yeah, I would keep. And, and this is all in, t- in terms of who am I picking up who's not? Unless Madison's out there. If Madison's out there, I'd rather have him as a handcuff. Yeah, I'd rather have Madison than Malcolm Brown. Or I mean, Pollard, yeah. What a bizarre thing. Like, Todd Gurley's playing a lot of snaps, right? I mean, he is. He's not touching the ball a whole lot, though. He was finally using the passing game, which is encouraging. I mean, I guess that's going to happen if he passed the ball 65 times. 65 times. Like, they didn't get to play their game in that one. But the Malcolm Brown thing after week one, boy, you, you spent your waiver budget on him. That has not worked out very well. Yep. Yep. You're right about that. Is there any sense in keeping two quarterbacks or two DSTs or two tight ends guys ever? Not two DSTs. I think two tight ends, especially if you have, well, first and foremost, I like two tight ends. If I think both of them are startable, I actually have quite a few, uh, uh, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller pairings 
which have worked out way better than I anticipated. Trade one of them to me, please. Uh, I, I wish. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, I was in a league with you where I could get somebody, maybe a running back. But Darren Waller was like one of those. Ooh, you know, I'll stash him at the end of my bench, and and then he was just instantly usable, which was great. Um, two tight ends, yes. Two quarterbacks in deeper leagues. Um, two defenses only at the end of the season. That's when I'm. That's when I'm okay keeping two defenses. If I'm in like week twelve and I know I'm going to make the playoffs. And I know that if I'm going to win a championship, I have a good idea of what my lineup's going to look like that week. Um, I'll, I'll keep an extra defense and play the matchups to try to get me there. Tags, how did you feel when we played each other this week in our Dynasty Analyst League and I started Cameron Brayton, he scored a touchdown? I mean, it was it was uh, very symbolic of, uh, of the week in fantasy, to be honest with you. This was one of those weeks where there was just like a lot of third string players and no names and guys that aren't on fantasy rosters scoring fantasy points. And that's why we're looking. Ricky Seals Jones was the number one fantasy tight end with 13 fantasy points. Of course he was. That's, that's ridiculous. And <laughs> I mean, that, that's where we're at, right? I mean, like we have, to, there, there's weeks that are like this and we kind of have to look past them and just say, okay, Jared Goff isn't going to throw the ball 68 times. The Rams tight ends aren't going to be useful every single week um you know there's a lot of if like honestly i did not adjust a lot of my rest of season rankings after this week like there weren't a lot of whole there weren't a lot of big movers in my rankings just because i didn't want to take i don't want to take away too much from one single game guys let's go one buy low one sell high each i've got a buy low i don't know how low you're gonna get them but from some of the panicked owners that i've gotten questions from i wonder what it would take to pry austin eckler away from somebody not much if I own him. I I wonder if people are panicking so much. The guy's been the number one fantasy running back. Now, I understand his role is going to shrink, but I wonder if people think it's going to shrink too much. The Chargers would be utterly foolish to take him off the field right now. Um, for uh, I, He should be playing at least half the snaps the rest of the season, and I think they can, they can do— He's the third best running back on their team, Joe. Oh, uh, Eckler? Yeah! <laughs> what? This is awesome. Oh man, have you watched Justin Jackson run? Eckler's been good, but he's, he's getting all his fantasy points because he gets the goal line carries. Justin Jackson's the better running back. He, oh, well, that's a hot one. Right <laughs> oh. there. I, I think, I think, uh, He's the single most efficient running back in the NFL and it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, well, ju- no, I mean, ju- Jackson has, has impressed me, uh, but I, I think Eckler right now is, he's super versatile. He can catch the ball. Uh, he's explosive. I would, so, so, all right, I'm saying we'll take advantage of you and try to buy low on Austin Eckler. <laughs> I didn't draft Austin Eckler anywhere. Unfortunately, I did not. I, that would be nice if I owned him. I would gladly trade him to you. I think he's good. I think he's going to be exactly what he was last season, though. Because Melvin Gordon, before he got hurt last year, he got hurt in, uh, what was it, week uh, 11? So through the first 10 weeks, you prorate that out to a full season. He was over 2,100 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns. He was the single best fantasy running back besides Todd Gurley. He's not going anywhere. Uh, He's going right back to that role. Austin Eckler's going right back to his role, and it should be Justin Jackson in my mind. Well, I I think Justin Jackson's the guy who is uh, who's long gone at this point here. They need to they need to trade him to the Giants, man. He's a drop in fantasy right now, by the way. I agree. I agree. He's a drop, but man, I love that guy. 
Tex, what do you think about Austin Eckler? What would you trade him for? What would you trade for him right now? I, I view him as like a, a, a middling RB3 for the rest of the season. Uh, not, not a guy that you could, I mean, you could rely on him because he's going to get, you know, 10 to 12 touches per week. That's, that's fine, uh, in that area. It's like a, it's like a slightly better version of Chris Thompson and a much better offense, going to have more scoring opportunities. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't dislike him. He's still a fantasy asset, but would I sell high if someone's willing to give me like RB2 prices? Like someone, if I can get David Montgomery for him and buy low on him. That's exactly who I was going to say. That's my buy low is David Montgomery. I'll take him all day over Austin Eckler moving forward, uh, especially knowing that. Would you do that trade, Joe? Take David Montgomery for Austin Eckler. Who would you prefer, Montgomery or Eckler? Oh, I'm going to say Eckler. Rest of the season. All right, we we made a trade here on this podcast. I understand your perspective because Montgomery's playing the snaps and that's not going anywhere. But yeah, I, I understand the perspective, but I just think Eckler. Eckler, I feel like Eckler with 10 touches can do just as much as Montgomery with 20 for fantasy because of where the touches are going to come. Uh, it's a better offense uh, that to see. I want that kind of back for fantasy. Speaking of chargers, by the way, uh, Melvin Ingram, had just announced that he's going to miss some time with a hamstring injury. Like the chargers are like after like depleting their secondary and having one starter left there. Now they're missing one of their better pass rushers. Like that team is going to have to continue to put points up on the board. Was David Montgomery your guy too? Uh, no, not my buy. My, well, I mean, Dave Montgomery is a good buy, um, obviously, but my two, I'm going to give you a double dose of a wide receivers here. Odell Beckham and Tyreek Hill. Those guys are buys right now. It's very, very rare that you can find elite playmakers to buy at their bottom barrel prices. Like, like Devonte Adams was that guy last week. And now I know he's dealing with turf toe, which is obviously concerning, but Odell Beckham is a guy that legitimately has been the best fantasy wide receiver in football when he's on the field over his, the course of his career, like bar none. Um, He's been better than Antonio Brown, better than Julio Jones. It's only a matter of time before that clicks with him and and Baker Mayfield. It's not going to remain like this. So buying Beckham right now makes so much sense. Uh, If you can get him for Cooper Cup, I would do that. Uh, If you can get him for someone like Mike Evans, I absolutely do that. Uh, And then Tyreek Hill, a guy that's going to be returning in a couple weeks. And yes, I understand that you're going to have to deal with that for the next few weeks. But when he comes back, he's a guy that people are going to rank as a top six wide receiver every single week with Patrick Mahomes. So those guys are those windows when they close they're going to close real hard so get on them before i bet you could trade i bet you could trade tyler lockett for tyreek hill and i'd do that in a heartbeat yeah i I mean i I like i like tyler lockett moving forward though too so i mean it's not to say that it's a it's a bad trade i i don't know i don't even know if you have to give up that much joe what do you think you taking tyler lockett tyreek hill would you trade kenny galladay for tyreek hill i would trade kenny galladay for tyreek hill yes i would as well yeah I bet you could, too. I bet you could get away with that. My other buy low is Devin Singletary. Now let's go with a sell high. Joe, you're starting us off. Okay. Get out there and sell, guys. LaShawn McCoy. So he had, he had what, 56 yards rushing in week number four. I think, like, 37 of that was on the weird hook and ladder play from Travis Kelsey. And, like, the thing is, is re-watching that play, I still don't know if it was a designed hook and ladder play. I don't think it was. It was amazing. Because it looked like McCoy was trying to catch the pass, and then he realized last second that it was probably intended for Kelsey. And um, and then they just did this. It was really a bizarre play. You know, here's the thing. I understand the risk of trading Sean McCoy because he's the he's a running back in this offense. He doesn't look as elusive as he used to. He doesn't look as explosive. The fact that they're mixing in Daryl Williams here. He played more snaps. Again. Oh, by the way, yes. And I think they're trying to keep McCoy fresh. This just tells me whether it's Daryl Williams or when Damian Williams comes back, they are going to continue to work in multiple running backs. I feel like you could capitalize on McCoy's name uh, in your standard league. Uh Look, th- there's value in having him. If you can't sell LaShawn McCoy high and you have to use him as a flex, there's a whole lot worse things in the world. 
but I feel like you could probably upgrade. Tags, you ready to be mad, man? I made you mad at the end of the last episode oh, on our DFS show. I'm going to make you mad Here again. You ready for this? Sell DK Metcalf. I mean, I, I don't know what you're going to sell him for right now. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not mad at you about that. They, they had a timeshare at wide receiver this week behind uh, Tyler Lockett. So, I mean... David Moore's back, and he's cutting into his snap count. Uh, DK Metcalf was only on the field for, I believe, 57% of the snaps. David Moore was right behind him. Yeah, I, it was a weird week, and it was somewhat of a blowout, though. So, I, I mean, I don't want to take too much away from it, but I don't think you're going to be able to sell DK Metcalf for anything right now. I'd sell him for pretty much anything. He's a fringe drop at this point. Uh, I hold on to him, but... I, I understand it. Matt, Matt Breida is the sell for me. If you're able to, so like, think about this for a second. We have the best, like the absolute best case scenario for Matt Breida through three games. They started three and zero. They were able to run the crap out of the ball. Breida was the workhorse. Well, the, the leading running back with Tevin Coleman sidelined. And uh, mind you, here we are. He was the third best fantasy back on the team. <laughs> In points per game, he's outside the top thirty-six running backs. Like. That's a real problem. Okay, so now with Tevin Coleman coming back, it's just become more of a timeshare. The game scripts aren't going to be as favorable. He hasn't been used in the passing game very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling Matt Breida. If you can get anywhere close to, like, RB2 or 3 value, like, if you could sell Matt Breida right now for someone like David Montgomery, maybe you have to throw... James White. Maybe you have to throw in a piece. Yeah, I would take James White for him as well. If you have to throw in a piece, I would do that. Um, I don't I don't even know if you need to, though. Well, who would you rather have, Miles Sanders or Matt Breida, Joe? Miles Sanders. Me too. Yep, I think you could pull that one off. There's also some bad luck involved here because they're, Jeff Wilson gets four touchdowns the last two games. I mean, you know, if, if Breida gets two of those touchdowns, I wonder how we're viewing him. I'd sell him even higher. <laughs> I do, right, I do agree. Tevin Coleman's coming back. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I would rather have Miles Sanders because I think I, I do, I'm going to trust that Eagle offense more as much as I love what Kyle Shanahan's doing. Like I, I just, it, it feels like the personnel isn't as good as the scheme is. And so, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a good one. All right, guys. That's all for today's show. Joe, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Oh, guys, I had such a good time. Uh, anytime. If, if, uh, if, if I didn't disgust you guys enough, uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we can, maybe we can do it again. I'm sorry for fighting with you so much about Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, man. I just love Justin Jackson. That was a hot take, man. I like you a lot, but I really like Justin Jackson. <laughs> that was a super hot one. That was a hot take, I like man. you a lot. So. <laughs> Well, I know I'll be replaced on next week's podcast by Justin Jackson, so that's okay. <laughs> All right, and I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, CBS Sports HQ. Thank you for sponsoring our show. To watch anytime from anywhere, just download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Thanks also to Pristine Auction. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. Make sure to enter that registration code, Fantasy Pros, all one word, for $5 off your first purchase. And thanks also to Fantasy Draft where the rake-free revolution is happening. Go to FantasyDraft.com today with promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 in entry fees. For Joe Dolan and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.